I'd like to ask you to take God's Word with me this evening to the book of John. In John chapter number 3, uh, we'll take our Scripture reading from John chapter number 3, starting in uh, verse number 1, and we'll read down uh, to verse number 8. I'm very thankful uh, for the chance, to, the opportunity to speak this evening, and thankful uh, for Pastor for allowing me. And I, I do hope, I hope God's Word is a blessing to you. And um, we come to a very familiar passage And sometimes when we see a passage that we've seen hundreds of times before, we've looked at time and time again, it it can be start to become dull to us, um, very normal to us. Uh, But I'm realizing, and and I I I know all the more that God's word ought never uh, become dull to us. And uh, there's a song that we used to sing uh, in Tennessee: "I've never lost the wonder of it all." Since the day that Jesus saved me and a whole new life He gave me, I've never lost the wonder of it all. And uh, I feel like so often in my own heart, I do lose that. I lose the awe of who Jesus Christ is. I lose the wonder of what He's done. I lose uh, that excitement and that zeal of that first time I met Him. And I hope that that wouldn't be true for any of us tonight. Let's read this. John chapter 3, starting there in verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And we'll stop our reading there uh, this evening. May God uh, add His blessing to the reading and the hearing of His Word. Very interesting encounter that night. Sometimes when we we read about this story of Nicodemus or of any account of Scriptures, we forget the fact that Nicodemus was a real man. He was a real Pharisee. He was a man who no doubt in his life and in his heart was struggling. He was going through things. He had a lot of questions. And no doubt that's the reason he came to Jesus because he was searching for answers. And he comes to Jesus that night as a real man. It was a real story. This is not just a parable. It's just not just an example that, that the Apostle John thought to include just for, for a good uh, read. It's here because this man, Nicodemus, who thought with all of his heart that he was okay. He thought in his mind and in his soul that he was doing the right things by following the pharisaical ways of life. 
He, he wore the phylacteries. He wore the fancy garb. He, he carried the, the Torah with him and, and he read it and he knew it. And he, he was so familiar with the law. He thought he was okay. But reality is, when he stood in front of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was lacking the one thing that he truly needed. He was a Pharisee. He was a man of learning. He was a man of prophecy. He knew the Old Testament. The Bible tells us that he was a ruler of the Jews. So he's a man of power and of authority. He would have, he would have had one of the 70 seats in the Sanhedrin and, and no doubt people would have recognized him when he walked by. And, and as he walked by, you might have cleaned yourself up and tidied yourself a bit just because here comes a man of power and authority in Jerusalem. He was a man who would have been highly regarded. And he comes who has it all together. He's an older man, no doubt. And he comes to a young Jesus. Jesus who is in his, his 30s. I like to consider 30 young before I considered it old. But I consider it as young now. A young man. And he comes to him and he acknowledges Christ. The Bible tells us that as he comes to Christ in verse number 2, that he calls him Rabbi. He says, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher. And you can imagine uh, Nicodemus having heard probably about Jesus Christ a little bit at this point. Probably he's heard about the water and wine story. And uh, there was a bit of murmuring probably in Jerusalem. This this man, he's, he's doing miracles. And, and, and then he, of course, he would have heard about when Jesus in chapter 2, it tells us that Jesus goes in into the, the temple and he, he throws over the tables and he drives out the money changers. And no doubt as a Pharisee, he would have heard it, maybe even seen that moment when all of that happened. And now he comes to Jesus at nighttime. Many believe that this was because he wanted to be secretive. He didn't want others to know. But what I'm most impressed about Nicodemus is that I believe as, as you read this passage, you see that he comes to Jesus with a sincere heart looking for answers. He was looking for the truth. He, he wanted to know if there was something different. Now, no doubt he saw Jesus. No doubt he knew there was something different about the life of Jesus and who he was. And he was thinking, man, maybe, maybe this guy can help me with my problems. He was looking and he was coming in search for the truth. It doesn't matter what your background is this, this evening. It doesn't matter if you're a very religious person. I mean, you're here on a Wednesday night. You guys should be the religious crowd, right? It doesn't matter what your background is. If you don't know the truth, and if you don't know that Jesus Christ is the truth, then you're lost. And you're in great need. See, the truth, if, 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 if you look at our world today, the truth is hard to come by. If you turn on the news, you're not guaranteed truth. If, if you go even to the health experts, you're not guaranteed to know the truth about your health and your condition. You turn on the news and the media is corrupt. You look at the politicians and the politicians are corrupt. You look at the philosophy of this world. The philosophy that our world tried on once before and didn't work. And now it's trying to put it all on again. Karl Marx didn't work the first time. He ain't going to work this time. People, people are looking all, all around the world for truth, but they're looking to the wrong places. 
If there is one thing that Nicodemus got right in his life, it's that he went to the right place for truth. He went to the source of truth. He went to the one who said, I am the truth. And if you're here tonight and you're looking for answers, can I tell you there's one place to find them? And it's in Jesus Christ. Some of you, I feel like I recognize your faces and I, I know a little bit about you. Sure, I'm not close, close maybe to you, but I feel that some of you have been searching for the truth for a long time. You go to church, to church on a Sunday, different places. You, you read all the media. You read all the emails. But I wonder, do you know the real truth? That was the greatest, the greatest choice that Nicodemus ever made was to come to Jesus that night. It was a night that would change everything. And so Nicodemus, as he comes to Jesus, I love this because this is, this is how we would naturally respond. If we had the opportunity to meet somebody, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, Boris Johnson, maybe that's not the person you want to meet, but if we got to meet somebody of a high position, we would, maybe we would try to stroke their ego. And that's what he does. He says, he says to Christ, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And, and it seems as if Nicodemus really wants to comment, uh, compliment Jesus, but Jesus, now, he sees straight through this. And it's as if, it's as if when Jesus speaks, it's as if he's never even heard what Nicodemus just said. There's something in that that um, all of us in our own evangelism need to learn. Um, we need to, I, I know this is true. Somebody, somebody says, oh, that's a good argument. Well, don't, don't be too puffed up in yourself to realize that those people are in need of the truth. And, 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 and Jesus, he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't think of a, of a good story. Oh, do you see what's going on and try to transition into a gospel message? I, I feel like if I, if I were to go back through my life, I wouldn't remember it all. And I would, to take all the times that I thought I was going to try to prepare a gospel in, in an evangelistic situation, the times I was going to try to turn a conversation to the gospel and I didn't because I got caught talking about sports or food or something else. Jesus Christ doesn't get caught up talking about anything else. He just says this, look, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He cuts straight to it. He looks Nicodemus, the Pharisee of the Pharisees, part of the Sanhedrin, a man who had it all together, the religious elite of that day. He looks him right in the eye and he says, what you have will not work. Your life, your works, everything that you're going towards will not give you eternal life. We, we are so distracted in evangelism with all these other things, all of our apologetic arguments. How many, how many times have I read a book on apologetics myself? Uh, uh, who doesn't love to get in a good debate and really, ah, oh, I got that Muslim man. He didn't know how to answer me there. But did I help him? Jesus Christ said, look, except a man be born again, your works, your outfit, your lifestyle, all of those things, none of it will earn you eternal life except you be born again. Now, Nicodemus listens to this this singular requirement 
And he, and no doubt he is taken back. And I, I'm, I'm not sure if his response is in, is, is trying to stump Jesus. Oh, uh, don't you know that, that, uh, how can a man be born again? He's trying to maybe catch Jesus up or, or quite honestly, he in his sincere heart doesn't get it. And he says this in verse number four, and he says unto them, how can a man, how is it even possible for a man thinking of his own life, a real man, Think about your own life. How can a man be born again? How can a man, when he is old, be born? Can he enter the second time into his mother womb, mother's womb and be born? He asks the question and, and Jesus clarifies. He says, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, now some people differ on what they think the water is, but he clarifies it in verse number 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. In other words, born of the water, a physical birth. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. He draws a line and he, and he divides the two. Now, now uh, the, your first birth... You probably don't remember, but maybe you remember when your child was born and, and you remember the joy and the excitement the, that a physical life brings. You, you understand it, it. All things are new now. Your life changes and you now have this newborn baby, physically born. And the same is true in a spiritual birth. There's new joy. There's new excitement. There's a newness of life. There's this excitement and everything now has to change. He draws that. But physical birth, though it brings about that joy and it brings the joys of physical life, it also comes with the wickedness of this world. Man is born of a woman a few, few days and full of trouble. I, two little ones myself, and I can attest they don't, they don't, I don't think they recognize it yet, but they're both sinners. And, uh, there's a, there's a, the, the need to teach and to train them. But see, they, they, they were born physically, but they were not born spiritually. A spiritual birth brings with it that glorious quickening power of the Spirit. When you've been changed, John 5 says it is when you've been passed from death unto life. A new life, a new destiny, a new home, a new name, a new creature. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And the reality is tonight is you may have had a physical birth. In fact, you have had a physical birth. But have you been spiritually born? Somebody says, you've heard it before. Well, I'm a Christian because my parents are Christians. No, you're human because your parents are humans. But your spiritual father is not a human father. If you're going to have a spiritual father, it is God Himself, God the Father. And so if you've not had a spiritual birth, then, then you are spiritually dead. And so that brings me then to verse number 7, which really is the key... I think to these eight verses. And Jesus Christ says this. Marvel not. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Now he starts with this. He, he starts 
with what I think is probably the greatest hindrance of salvation to souls in those first two words. Marvel not. See, the reality is, is most, most people, um, one, of, one of the travelers said that to me yesterday, he said most of the people here have heard the gospel before. They know the truth, but they don't, they don't take it as their own. They, they've, they've heard the truth and they gaze upon the truth and they marvel at it. They question it. They begin to say, oh, well, well, can it, can it deal with this problem in my life? Can it deal with this issue? They begin to say, oh, well, that, that's not what I wanted requires me to change my life. I have to, I have to change the way I live. I have to put away the old things and I have to start acting like a, a holier person. It's too complicated. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm waiting for the right time. They ask the questions, is there really a God? And how many times have we been out in the open air and watched thousands of people pass by who listen and smile and and nod their head? They answer a question. They marvel. But they never truly respond. And Jesus Christ said, stop marveling at the Gospel. It's like a precious jewel. It's like, like the... The, the precious pearl, right? The pearl of great price. And people come by and they look at it. There's a, there's a big diamond in, in the United States in the museum in New York. And I remember seeing it. It's a giant diamond. And thousands of people would come by to look at this gigantic jewel. But they never make it their own. That's the pearl of great price. It sits in front of millions in this world. And they stare at it. And they gaze upon it. And the gospel message seems so good. But I'm going to continue to work, work, work. I'm going to continue to be religious. I'm, I'm going to the Muslim faith, the Hindu faith, the Sikh faith, the Catholic faith. You name it. They're all doing all these good deeds. But they're lacking the one thing. And Jesus says it. Ye must be born again. His message was this. You. It was a personal message. He looked Nicodemus in the eyes and he said, you. Stop worrying. Don't worry about the other Pharisees right now. Don't worry about the Sanhedrin. Don't worry about the disciples that might be in this room with me tonight. He says, you, Nicodemus. And he looks at you tonight. He looks at every one of us. That's why He's recorded His Word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. John at the end of his book says that these are written so that you might believe. He looks you in the eyes tonight and He says, you. Stop. Stop with your works. Stop going to the synagogue. Stop going to the, to the Hindu place. Stop doing your yoga. Stop trying to find faith in what you do. Look, you must Be born again. The message is for you. Sure, it's an international message. In John 3.16, For God so loved the world. And no matter how you read that verse or how you try to mince it up, Jesus Christ was very clear that there's a God in heaven that loves all mankind. That world is the same word for world everywhere else in the New Testament. The word love is the same word love agape. It's, it's there. God loves the world. And so, so He does this, but He also singles out you tonight. 
And the question is, is what will you do with that message? It's a personal message. It was an absolute message. He says this, you must. There is no other option. There is no other way. It's, it's not Snowden. There's not four different paths up and one's dangerous and one's safe. There is one way to Jesus. One way to God. It is through Jesus Christ and by being born again. Now he's going to explain that in a bit. The message of Christianity is absolutely imperative for you to have a good eternity. If, if you want to have eternal life, this is it. This is it. There's no other way. There's no other option. Your good works, the law, anything else that you do only condemns you more. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, Isaiah says. And tonight, in your life, your eternity hangs in the balance. Marvel not. It is a personal message. It is an absolute message. And it is a quickening message. You must be born again. It is a spiritual rebirth. At that moment, everything changes. Just as that newborn baby needs, changes the life of his parents and, and, and is now born and living and breathing and, and, and its own body, everything is changing in that moment that he, he breathes his first breath of air. He stops relying on the umbilical cord and now as a child is, is dependent by his own, his own life. Now, no doubt God gives him that physical life, but he is dependent. So you and I, when we are spiritually born, everything becomes new. And we are spiritually dependent on God. You need to be born again. He says, he says it and he clarifies it because Nicodemus still doesn't get it. He, in verse 9, he says, how can these th- things be? And, and Jesus says, art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? He says, you, you sit on the Sanhedrin and you don't understand it. And Jesus Christ makes it very clear in verse 14. And Moses, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Do you, do you know what? Jesus was saying, here's how you come to Christ. Look. As the serpent was was lifted up, can I tell you how people were were healed from their snake bite? When they looked to the serpent. Look and live. We sing the song sometimes. Look and live, my brother live. Look to Jesus now and live. The same is true. Look to Him. Look to Him. You're not going to be able to do it. I can't do it for you. Pastor can't do it for you. Nobody else can. You must look to Jesus. And to be born again. And so I, I hope tonight, that, that's it. That was a night that changed Nicodemus' life. If you read in, in John chapter 19, and we, we don't have to read it tonight, but he, he is with Joseph of Arimathea taking the, the beaten, bruised, and dead body of Christ off the cross of Calvary and putting it in Joseph's tomb. Nicodemus was there. Why? Because his life had been changed. He was a true follower of Christ. And I wonder tonight, are you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee. We thank Thee for Nicodemus and for the example he is, but even more, we thank Thee for the example of Christ and the example that He is to each of us as a, as a man of the Gospel, a man 
who came to seek and to save that which is lost. And Jesus Christ, we know, was the one who died on the cross for our sins. Lord, tonight I ask and pray that if there's one here that has been looking to their religious ways, Lord, that tonight Thou wouldst draw their gaze and that they would look to Christ and live. I pray tonight that we would know Thy presence. In Jesus Christ's name.